Well, my name is Pastor Matt Bartlett. I'm the worship pastor at the Bridge Goldsboro Bridge, Princeton, and it is an honor to preach the Word of God here tonight. My beautiful wife had to step aside because my son's number just popped up on the screen. Awesome! I hardly get to preach, and the one night I can, my son is probably, I don't know what he did, but I'll hear it after service. <laughs> um, tonight, we're in part three of our sermon series called Duped. Um, before we jump into this sermon series tonight, this book called Spiritual Warfare, this is our book that we are covering during our sermon series. It's a great book. It's by Dean Sherman. If you haven't picked it up yet, please go check it out. It's right outside at the Connect Center, and just uh, go by the bookstore and check it out. Again, it's called Spiritual Warfare for Every Christian. So what are we doing tonight, guys? We're exposing who? The enemy. We're exposing who? Satan. Is that correct? Tonight we're exposing Satan. We're going to jump right into week three, part three. Last week we talked about Satan's relation to the, say it loudly, church. church. Good. Who's ever been to a church business meeting? Man, the devil shows up there, doesn't he? <laughs> Thank God we don't have church business meetings here. Hallelujah. My dad is a pastor in another church, and I think he got rid of his too, so thank the Lord. Um, we talk about Satan's relationship to the church and how he tries to come into the church and how he tries to thwart the mind and try to disturb the mind of the church, even in theology and different things like that. But tonight, church, we're going to talk about what is Satan's relationship with the world, with the world. Guys, you have your cards there as well, so please get your pen out and start taking some notes. Let's jump right into this tonight, Satan's relationship with the world. So what is Satan doing? What is he doing in the world today? What is he doing in the world today? The world in and of itself is the channel through which Satan himself acts. Satan comes to us through the world in an attempt to tempt and to control our flesh, our carnal, our human nature. Satan comes through the world to to our flesh, and also to tempt us to sin. Right now, he is hiding in the world today, and I believe he's not doing a very good job of hiding. Is that the truth? He's not very well hidden. He's pretty obvious. So I ask the question tonight, where do you think he's hiding? Where is Satan hiding? He's hiding in our deluded theology. He's hiding in our human philosophies and also in our education systems. Tonight, our text comes from Ephesians chapter 2. And this is Paul, Paul speaking to the church at Ephesus. He says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2, in which you previously walked, watch that, in which you previously walked according to the ways of this world, according to the ruler who exercises authority over the lower heavens, the spirit now working in the disobedient. To paraphrase, to give you the Matt Bartlett version of that verse, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2 says that the unsaved man does the things of this world. Do you believe that tonight? Because he follows the influence of the prince of the power of the air, who is who? Satan. It's the devil. It's Satan. Satan is running the world, and every unsaved man, every unsaved woman in this world is run by the enemy, is run by Satan himself. Some of you might find that fact hard to accept tonight. But Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter 2, he says that a man with an unregenerate mind, a man with a mind 
who is just thinking of the things of this world buys everything, everything that the world is selling. The corrupt morality of our world is the propaganda or it is the message of Satan. The tolerance of immorality and sin that is placed constantly in television, in movies, and in books is his message, is Satan's propaganda, is his message. And he uses this message to break down our very resistance against him. Something we must admit tonight, and y'all kind of wave at me. No, let, me know, let me know that you're here, all right? <laughs> we must admit that he's doing a very, very, very good job of it, isn't he? He really is. Most people in the world today have almost no, no limit to what they will tolerate when it comes to the filth that the word of God condemns. In fact, we often sit, we entertain ourselves right along with them. I've been guilty of doing that. No wonder we live defeated lives and we sit around allowing Satan to shovel garbage into our minds, to shovel garbage into our brains. The world does, church, what Satan orders. Let me tell you what Jesus said in John 8, 44. He was speaking to to the Philistines, to the leaders of that day. This is what he told them. He said, you are of your father, whom? The devil. In Acts 13, 10, thou art the child of the devil. 1 John chapter 3, verse 10 says, he that commits sin is of the devil. The devil is involved in the world at its very, very core. He is at the center of all evil in the world. 1 John 3.10 in the New Revised Standard Version. This is what it says here. The children of God and the children of the devil are revealed in this way. All who do not do what is right are not from God, nor are those who do not love their brothers and sisters. The one who doesn't do righteousness is of the devil. He is a child of the devil. It's just that plain. It's just that simple tonight, church. Jesus said it this way. He that is not with me is against me. There is no neutral ground. You can't stand in the middle and say, well, I haven't made up my mind. Tonight we must understand, here's the truth. The truth is this, and let's just totally get it straight tonight. This was posted on Facebook as well on the bridge page. It says, if you are not with Christ, you are against him. If you're not a part of Christ's kingdom, you are a part of the devil's darkness. Let me say that phrase one more time. If you are not a part of Christ's kingdom, you are a part of the devil's darkness. My little three-year-old son, Landon, who Leanne had to walk out tonight to go check on to make sure he was okay, he goes to bed, and it's really hard to put a three-year-old to bed. Amen. Help me, Jesus, because it's hard, all right? Well, I, I try to put him to bed. You know, I would give my wife a break. She's with the kids all day long. That's a godly woman. Y'all give it up for my wife. I ain't lying. Thank you very much. You deserve that, baby. I want you to know that. She's back in the room tonight. So anyway, when I take Landon to bed, this is, everything has to be just right. And if it's not, he gets mad and starts going, ah, really crazy like that. So I bring my laptop in and I play him our iTunes playlist, our April 2014 worship music that we're playing all month. And he has to have that. 
I also has to have a silky, which is my mother-in-law's old nightgown. Bless his heart. <laughs> Don't tell her I told you guys this. She doesn't know that. Also, he has to have his little, uh, what, what, what is that? It's a, it's a sea lion that we got from the North Carolina Aquarium. He calls it his puppy. He has to have that when he goes to bed. And last thing he has to have is this. He wants his dad's flashlight. He wants his dad's flashlight. So what I do is I take that flashlight and I shine it right behind his little sound machine. I forgot about the sound machine. So we have music, sound machine, flashlight, puppy, silky, all that good stuff. Are you following me? You with me now? All right, awesome. So I take that flashlight and I turn it on. Now remember, it's dark in his room, okay? But when I turn that flashlight on, what does it do? It pierces that darkness. So when he's laying in bed, it brings him comfort. It brings him warmth. It, it makes him feel comfortable. And what has Jesus done? What, what did Jesus do? He pierced the darkness in this world. We're going to celebrate Easter in just a few weeks. And when he had those nails pierced in his hands and in his feet, and when he was on that cross, when he said, it is finished, he didn't say, Tomorrow is finished. He said, right now it is finished. And he meant that. And Satan was defeated. Satan thought he had him. He said, I killed Jesus. I killed the Son of God. But what happened? He died, and then what else happened after that? He rose. He conquered hell. He conquered death. He conquered the enemy. He has won the war. Amen? Amen. Again, I want to tell you tonight, that same statement, if you're not a part of Christ's kingdom, I call out to you tonight and I say this, you are a part of the devil's darkness. My prayer tonight, my cry from my heart tonight is this, is that you will choose Jesus Christ. So we must ask the question tonight, how do we fight? How do we stand? How do we fight against the enemy? And the answer to that is, we must put on the whole armor of God. Ephesians chapter 6 verses 10 through 20 explains it perfectly. This is Paul also speaking to the church at Ephesus. He says to you guys tonight and to the church, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, with which, the word of, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. And this is Paul writing. He said, pray also for me. And this also applies to us tonight, that whenever I speak, words may be given me 
so that I will fearlessly make known the ministry of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Church, tonight we're calling the enemy out. Tonight we're calling him out. We're saying we're not scared of you. For the word of God tells us, whom shall we fear? Nothing. Psalm 27 says that the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? But also, we have to have our armor on to stand against the wiles of the devil. Let me go back to my son Landon again. I'm in this fatherhood of having young children. We have a beautiful eight-month baby named Ashton, who is just like his mom, thank God, laid back and <laughs> awesome. And Landon's awesome too. I didn't say that. I, meant, I didn't mean that. But he's just like me, just exactly like me. High, strung to the bone, and he has a temper. Hallelujah. But uh, my three-year-old son, he is so funny, though. Man, he's so hilarious. Uh, this is what he loves to do. He loves to do this when he gets out of the bath. I don't, I don't know why. He loves to take his towel, put it on his head, and run around our house going, I'm Superman. I'm Superman. And he loves to run around and do that. He wants to fight bad guys and fight against the enemy. And I use that illustration to tell you tonight, just like my son Landon has his cape on ready to fight against the bad guys. As fighters in God's kingdom and as warriors in God's kingdom, we must have our armor on. As we look at Ephesians 6.14 again, I love what Paul says here. He says, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And I'll say this again, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, again, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. I was in Royal Rangers as a young man, which we had that at the Princeton campus. There was a motto that we always used to say, and that was ready. We're always ready, no matter what. What does Paul tell us tonight in Ephesians chapter 6? As well as in Ephesians chapter 2, he gives us a warning. He's telling us to be ready to stand against the wiles of the enemy. When a song comes through the radio that's talking about sex, it's talking about drugs, it's talking about alcohol, it's talking about rebellion, Satan is trying to sift you, he's trying to tempt you. Or maybe a movie that comes on TV that shows pornography, or you're sitting late at night at your computer, and images start popping up on the screen, but you can't help yourself. I want you to know tonight that pastors and leaders in the church, it breaks my heart when I know of somebody who fell, who was a prominent leader, and that happened to a friend of mine, but I know and believe that God can restore and that God can heal. I believe that. Satan is always trying to tempt you by using different things of this world. But again, I tell you tonight that God is greater. God is greater. We sung it tonight. Our God is greater. Our God is stronger. Do you know the words? God, you are higher than any other. He is higher than any other. Not too long ago, we did a sermon series, and it was an acronym for it. It was W-I-T-S. Some of you still wear the T-shirts from it. Named it WITS. So what does WITS stand for? WITS stands for this. Walk in 
the Spirit. Walking in the Spirit. So church tonight, this is what I tell you. Walk in the Spirit of God. Wear the full armor of, of God. Have the belt of truth on. Take up the shield of faith. Have the sword that's the word of God. Don't let the Bible just sit and get a bunch of dust on it. Don't let it just be the centerpiece in your home. Dive into the word of God. I read a statement today that said, just don't read the words, but live them. Live them. Live it out, church. Live it out. When we are filled with the spirit of God and when we have our armor on, we can stand against anything. Ephesians 6, 6, 12 told us, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of what? Evil in the heavenly realms. But there's some good news tonight that I want you to know. Even though we are fighting battles now, Jesus Christ has won the war. Amen? Amen. John wrote about it. John the Revelator. There's an old Southern Gospel song. You're probably shocked I know this. Called John the Revelator. Check it out. It's by Michael English. But John the Revelator talked about in the book of Revelation. It tells us that Satan finally comes to full power in the tribulation. And then the great battle of Armageddon takes place. It is in this battle that he decides... I'm going to defeat the devil. I'm going to defeat, I'm sorry, he decides, I'm going to defeat Jesus. But instead, the devil is conquered and he is bound for a thousand years. At the end of those thousand years, he is loose for a little time to bring temptation into the world. But after that, finally, he's cast into a pit for eternity. Isn't that awesome? Could you imagine a world with no sin? Could you imagine a world with no death? Could you imagine a world where nobody's dying of a drug overdose? Nobody had an affair. Nobody got a divorce. Nobody's marriage is wrecked. No kid committed suicide six months ago. Could you imagine perfection? That's what's going to happen. When Jesus sets up his reign, he, he is going to declare, I am the king and I'm the God of this world. The devil will be defeated. Tonight, understand that. Understand that. Yes, Jesus Christ will destroy the empire of Satan, and he will destroy once and for all. The conflict will end. She had the slide up there. It says, in the end, Satan is what? Defeated. Can you say that tonight? Satan is defeated. Can we praise God for that tonight? That he's defeated? He's a defeated foe. So the question we ask, and we have to ask ourselves this, every man and every woman in this room, I can't save you. I can't. I can point you to the man Jesus, but you have to decide tonight, if you don't know him tonight, you have to decide, am I going to follow Christ or am I not going to follow Christ? Have I asked him into my heart or have I not asked him into my heart? The question we ask today is this, whose kingdom are you in? Whose kingdom are you in? Who are you following? Who are you following? Who is your king and whose servant are you? Whose child? Whose child are you tonight? Maybe you say, Matt, I have not decided yet. I'm still on the fence 
Let me tell you what Jesus said about a lukewarm person. He says, you're neither hot, no, you're neither cold, and I will spit you out of my mouth. He said that in, in the book of Revelation. He said, I will spit you out of my, my mouth. I'd rather be hot and on fire for God. It's either you're one thing or you're the other. I'd rather be hot and on fire for God than anything else in my life. Again, maybe you said, Matt, I haven't decided yet. Well, if you haven't decided, then here's the truth, guys. Understand this. You are a part of Satan's kingdom. If you have not decided to choose Christ, Satan has you. You're either of Christ or you're of who? Satan. You're either buying what the word of God offers or you're buying what Satan offers. Either you do have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ or you belong to Satan and he is ruining, ruining, destroying your life as fast as he can. Here's something I don't understand tonight, guys. Personally, I, I, I don't understand this. Is that how people could have a desire to be guided by Satan and run by Satan when Jesus Christ, he stands there so willing to change everything in your life for the good, for the better, and give you real life and give you hope and to give you eternity. And then to those tonight that know Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, this is an opportunity for you and for me, for all of us, to examine our lives. You've chosen your King, Jesus Christ. Now, are you falling back to serve the enemy? Have you fallen back to serve Satan? You've chosen to be a slave of God, which Paul tells us in Romans 6, so obey your master. If you've yielded yourself to Jesus Christ, what right do we even have to serve the enemy, to serve Satan? Tonight, I want us to examine our lives. And tonight, make your choice. Make your choice. If you're not a Christian, my prayer is that you would choose Jesus. Let me tell you about the day that I choose Jesus. I don't share this personal testimony a lot, but... I was a 12-year-old little boy and lived with my mother. My parents were divorced. And mentally, I was told I was a loser. I was told I was nothing. I was told, Matt, you won't ever amount to anything. I was cussed at. I, was, I was, saw things in my life as a very young man that I did not need to see. The enemy had me entailed. I looked at pornography. I... My mother even let me drink. She let me try different things that I, I shouldn't, have, shouldn't have done at all. At 12 years old, I had to grow up very, very fast. And there's images and there are things that are scarred in my mind because of what the enemy brought into my life. At 12 years old, I was at a youth camp, and I came to spend a month here in Goals with my dad. And I won't forget it. I was at a place just like this and a meeting just like this. I was at a youth camp and my wife was there. She was 12 as well, which is really cool. And, uh, but I won't ever forget it. The preacher was preaching the word of God and this is what happened. I felt the Holy Spirit tugging at my heart. I felt him pulling at my heart. He said, Matt, you've been trying to find me all your young life. You've seen things that only adults need to see. You, 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 your life 
it's going to be destroyed if you keep going down this, this route, if you keep doing these things. Young man, I'm just, I'm just a 12-year-old little boy. That's all I am. I'm almost 13 years old, and I'm seeing things that I should not be seeing. But God spoke to me that night. I met God at a little place called Falcon, not too far from Fayetteville. I got down on my knees, and I said, Jesus, if you're real, if you're there, save my life. Clean up this mess that I'm living in. I'm tired of my mom fussing at me. I'm sick of being told that I'm nothing. I'm sick and tired of being cussed at. I'm sick and tired of being just thrown around like I'm nothing. And here's what God did that night. He came into my heart, and I felt life breathe into me. I felt a newness breathe into me. I went from darkness into what? Light. I was a new man. I was a new creation. And that, I'm 31 now, so that's been years ago. And God has never left me. He's never forsaken me. Even when my son was born two months early, my boy is a miracle. He healed him. So tonight I ask you the question, whose kingdom are you in? Whose kingdom are you in? And I'll never forget, God did a miracle. After he saved me, he let my dad get custody of me and my sister. And the only reason why I'm here today is because of God working a miracle. That's it. That's the only reason why I'm here at this church, because God worked a miracle in my life. He saved me, cleaned me up, and said, Matt, I'm calling you into full-time ministry. And he brought me here. Thank you, Lord. And now we have two beautiful boys who she had to walk out again and go check on Landon. <laughs> Church tonight, we got to understand that the enemy is real. The enemy is real. He is so, so real. And he wanted to destroy my life. He wants to destroy your life. But we looked at two things tonight. Number one, we exposed him in the world today, didn't we? And then we talked about our armor. We have to wear our armor. Isn't that right? Once we know Jesus Christ is Savior and Lord, he will guard us and he will gird us and he will strengthen us and we can take up those shields of faith. We can take up the sword that's the word of God. So tonight, with every head bowed and every eye closed, can I just talk to you for a few minutes about where are you at in your relationship with Jesus? Have you decided what you're going to do with God? Have you decided... Because you're at a very pivotal point right now. Let me tell you what the Bible says. The Bible says that today is the day of salvation. Not tomorrow, not next week, but today. Today is the day of salvation. I believe that Jesus is about to split up in that sky and he's about ready to come back. And it can happen right now. My question to you tonight is, where are you at? While your heads are bowed as we come to the close of this service, church, if you do not know Jesus Christ as Savior and as Lord, I say it with a breaking heart that you are really bound by Satan. He's blinding your mind to the things of God, and I'm praying that God will open your eyes to see the reality of Jesus Christ, that you'll see that he died for you, that he loves you, that he wants to come into your life and change you to forgive your sin and to take out the control of Satan. 
You won't be controlled by the enemy anymore. And that you will be put in his own glorious sphere of grace. We sung the song tonight, grace so glorious. Grace so glorious. His grace is glorious. Maybe you're asking tonight, Matt, how could I let him do that? I'm, I'm dirty. You don't know the things that I've done. You don't know the things that I've seen. You don't know what I've experienced. You don't know the life that I lived. Let me tell you something. When you were going through all of that pain, all that sorrow, Jesus was right there with you. Even though you didn't see him, though maybe you didn't feel him, he was right there. He says, I will never leave you, nor will I ever forsake you. So tonight, if you're ready, and my prayer is that you are ready. We spoke about it tonight. We have to be ready in all situations. Just say this prayer after me. If you want to ask Jesus to come into your life, if you want to ask him to be Lord of your life, if you ask him to be Savior of your life, simply say this prayer. Say, Lord Jesus. Let's just all say it together. Lord Jesus, I admit that I'm lost without you. But tonight, I see the fact that I need you. I believe that you died for me, that you rose from the grave, and that you're alive forevermore. Forgive me for my sins. Forgive me for my faults. Forgive me for the things that I've done. But God, tonight, I give you my life. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for living in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. Don't look around tonight at all. If you pray that prayer tonight, simply would you just slip up that hand very quickly and say, Matt, I made that decision to follow Jesus. Hands all over this place tonight. Now to the Christian tonight, head bowed and eyes closed, please. I got to ask the Christian tonight, where are you at in your relationship with Jesus? Where are you at? Have you been naming the name of Jesus Christ yet serving Satan, yet falling back? Is there sin in your life? Is there disobedience in your life? If you drifted away from the place of commitment, don't let Satan get the best of you. Just right there where you're at. Talk to God in your heart about your life and where you are in your Christian walk. God, I thank you for this service tonight. I thank you for the worship. I thank you, God, for showing up in this house. God, I thank you so much for being real, for being alive. And God, that you're alive in us. And nothing, nothing can take your place, God. God, for those that gave their lives to you tonight, there are many hands that were raised. God, we give you glory. We give you honor. We give you the praise. God, tonight, there's angels celebrating in heaven because people came home tonight. And God, tonight, we celebrate that fact. God, we love you so much. We worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we give God a hand? I tell you tonight, angels are celebrating in heaven because people came home. People came home, amen? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.